I'm going to invite Travis to come up, and he's going to introduce the program and introduce the guys. And super excited to have you. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Uh, I guess I just want to start off with a thank you for uh, having us here. You know, it's a real honor for us to always be able to come out on Sundays and uh, just share the good work that uh, God's doing in our lives and the transformation that he's done in us. Uh, How many of you know about Teen Challenge at all? Oh, wow, quite a few of you, hey? Uh, Well, just for those that don't know, uh, we're a 12-month discipleship program. Uh, We Basically, we don't worry about our past. We focus on creating a relationship with the Lord and uh, allowing him to transform and renew our minds. Uh, We follow a pretty big structure, pretty busy day. Uh, We'll have a video a bit later about that. Uh, But yeah, you know, we come in here broken, hurting, uh, seeking something greater than ourselves. And, you know, we're taught about how Christ can fill that void in our lives. He renews and fixes all the broken parts about us. And uh, yeah, it just gives us a joy that we've never had before. So... I uh, want to invite up uh, Phil. He's uh, one of our newer students. He's been with us. Uh, how long have you been with us now, Phil? About two weeks? About two weeks with us. He's going to come up and uh, share what it's like to uh, come into the program as a new student and the atmosphere that he experiences. Good morning. How is everyone? So I'm uh, Phil Morgan, and I'm one of the newest students here at Team Challenge. Um, and you know what, I'm just going to go a little bit over uh, pretty much my first day. When I first came into Team Challenge here, um, I, was broken. I was pretty much broken. Uh, I was losing my family, and um, I couldn't look in the mirror anymore. Um, a lifetime of using. Um, I pretty much kept using drugs because... Uh, I couldn't deal with my own thoughts. My thoughts were my worst enemy. Um, at the end, I found myself in detox. And a friend, a childhood friend who I grew up with, got wind that I was there. And he actually works here at Teen Challenge. And he asked me if I wanted to join. Now, I've always believed in God. Um, and I think at that point, God opened the door for me. But uh, I actually, I turned it down about two or three or four times, you know, full of fear. Um, but at the end, uh, I, I, couldn't, uh, close, I couldn't close the door anymore. There we go. So God was speaking to me, and he was opening a door for me, and he wasn't letting it shut. So I ended up here. Um, and like I said, completely broken. So the first day I was in here, I was scared. I was nervous. One year is a long time, and I have a two-year-old daughter. So <clears throat> the end of the first day, I found uh, it was a... I, I talked to a few of the guys and I let them know, you know, what, what was going on in my life when I needed. And I had a room full of men come up to me and put their hands on me and pray with me. Um, that was the first time I, I felt life poured back inside of me. So um, I can tell you, since that day, my life has only been going uphill. Um, we, at Teen Challenge, we have a place that's just on the side of a mountain, and uh, some of the boys here, we built a path going up the side of this mountain, and we have a little sitting area with a cross. Um, I was taken up there the first day that I got here. Uh, since that day, I, I go up there every morning, and I'm lucky enough right now, I get to see the sun rise, and uh, I, I give myself to God up there. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so now, um, my brothers, I have a family of brothers. 
God, I thought I lost my family. I was losing my family. The truth is I've gained family. Um, I used to hide and watch movies because I couldn't deal with my own thoughts. Now I pick up a Bible. I've had a voice that was calling inside of me, but I would just ignore it. I wouldn't listen. Now that voice is clear and it's loud. Um, I could not be more grateful that uh, I, I ended up here. Um, and I can just tell you that in two weeks' time, my life has started to completely turn around. And I cannot it just that no. I cannot wait to see where I am a year from now. So I, I am super grateful. And uh, I believe we have a quick little movie for you guys. It is A Day in the Life of Teen Challenge. Uh, and I don't know what the movie is called, but if anyone would like to look for it, come to us, and they'll tell you how to look for it on uh, YouTube. Thank you. When I first came into the program the first time, I was scared. It was uh, very overwhelming. Like, everyone was so, welcome, so welcoming, and uh, I just totally felt out of place, and, and uh, it, it was just really weird. But now that I've been here for as long as I have, like, I'm just as comfortable here as I am at my house. And, uh, like, we all treat each other like brothers and sisters, and, you know, we treat the staff members like our parents, and they treat us like their kids, and... Uh, it's a huge, just awesome family-oriented place, like, and um, it's, it's a pretty cool experience, that's for sure. Uh, before I came to Teen Challenge, I was a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I always knew about God, and uh, I learned lots of things. Um, I wasn't living it completely, um, and I wasn't acting as I should be, so um, being in Teen Challenge really teaching me how to live out the walk of Christ, and it's... Uh, it's learned or taught me a lot. I feel that uh, I've submitted to the authorities and I'm, I'm doing everything that I should be doing. Um, just like anything else, so you have your good days, your bad days. Um, you know, not everybody always gets along, but uh, everything seems to be running very smoothly. I'm learning a ton um, and I'm still sober, so it's amazing, right? Uh, every day is wake up 5.30, devotion 6 every day, 6 to 6.30, then you do breakfast, and if, you, if you're not going to work, then you're doing chores, so dishes, sweeping, mopping, cleaning counters. For anyone that's been here over six weeks, we go out to work full-time for other companies, construction companies, landscape companies, whoever phones the center and asks for help. We, we need to uh, help pay for our stay here. 
like all of us, like me, I quit my job to come here. And uh, when you're in addiction, you don't have a savings account. <laughs> um, so yeah, it helps pay for your stay here. But also too, I would think they put you into a working program because they want to like not only help you get sober and find the route to your addiction and 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 all that stuff. They want to they want to implement you back into the community. It teaches you structure, to show up to work on time, to be punctual, to be a hard worker, and to be reliable. And uh, and also too, in doing that, it it teaches it'll teach you that like you can you can count on yourself more. Like you might think you're just another failure, right? And so if you you wake up every day and you go to work and you work hard, you, you can at least sit down at the end of the day and say, hey, you know what? I, at least I did that. It gets you one step closer to being able to do it on your own, I guess. So then we come home from work, usually around 4 o'clock, and shower up and get ready, and dinner is at 5.15. And then after dinner, we usually are in the classroom for about two hours a night. There's different types of classes. There's a class time where we can do our personal studies. So that is a contract that we have that we work through at our own pace. So that's good to, uh, to teach yourself um, discipline to work through that. But there's also classes where we have a teacher teaching us and going through the material as well. So um, in that sense, we can work with, our, with the other students and kind of in more of a classroom setting, like a typical classroom setting. So yeah, it's different variety and it's uh, yeah, a lot of different things we do. So you learn a lot about emotions and, and how to deal with emotions, how to talk to people or even just like how to say something properly without uh, coming off rude or, or ignorant and just, yeah, learning how to, to be, I don't know, I don't think normal is the word, but, but just how to be a respectable person towards other people and, and how to take all your emotions and not let that anger and rage get to you and, and take you to that place where you don't want to be. So Saturday we do school work and then we have lots of fellowship time in the afternoon. We go to a different church every Sunday for outreach and then after that we come home we have the whole day off which is really nice. A lot of guys sleep, a lot of guys just play board games. We have lots of board games. Um, a lot of us work out in the gym downstairs which is, I'm, that's what I like to do. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of structure and very little free time. So during the week, we only get one hour of free time a day. And if you're on discipline, that one hour of free time is spent doing chores that a staff member makes you do. So it's important that if you enjoy your free time to follow the rules. Um, my walk with God has changed a lot. It uh, is helping me to, to actually walk the walk instead of just talk the talk and uh, putting into practice like I said these uh, things that we're learning has changed my attitude towards things have helped me be more obedient and more humble in the in the things I do so just working to serve the Lord through everything I do I used to be like get get criticized or something I was quick to anger um, you know you always get in that defensive mode and and you just try to try to hide from that right like you don't want people to see that that you're bad or you're embarrassed or ashamed or humiliated so you're just always quick to defense so I guess just learning to accept criticism as a positive thing and as a thing to grow opposed to hiding it and running away from it learn from it and be, be better for it the biggest thing that I take away from here would be you know walking with God he just wants to have a relationship with you like I know that like he loved me loves me just as much now as he loved me in my addiction 
And so it doesn't matter how holy you get, he doesn't love you any more than he already, than he, than he already did. And, uh, and so the biggest thing I would take is to take him with me everywhere I go and make him a part of everything that I do because then, then you're actually doing his will because that's all he wants is to have that relationship. And I think, you know, if you do everything through God, then you're doing everything properly and uh, all the blessings will come with it for sure. Yeah, so that's a little bit of an overview of how the program goes for uh, every day. It's uh, pretty busy, 5.30 in the morning till 9 at night, you know, only an hour of free time that we get to enjoy, but a lot of time in addiction, we don't uh, deal with structure, so that's one of the things that the program also helps uh, teach us is structure. <clears throat> uh, responsibility as far as waking up, getting ready, going to work, you know, being a functioning member of society, and uh, just <clears throat> through everything that we do, uh, serving uh, God in it all, not complaining, not grumbling, you know. Uh, that's a big one for us. So now we're going to transition into our testimony time. Uh, we've got a few guys going to come up and share the story of uh, how God's changed their life. So I'd like to invite Julian up and uh, start us off. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning. My name is Julian. Um, bear with me. I'm a little nervous. Um, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, um, just please put me at ease and organize my thoughts and, and allow my words to, um, to help somebody today. Thank you. Amen. Um, so I'm, um, I'm pretty new to Teen Challenge. I've been here for a month and a half. Uh, I was actually here for a few months before that. However, um, I'll get into that later. I'll tell you what happened. But uh, I'm, so I grew up in Victoria. Um, I'm the youngest of four children. Um, my father left when I was six. Um, and then uh, he left the country when I was about 10 and went back to France where he was, grew up. Um, so my mom had, uh, you know, I'm the youngest. Uh, my mom was very busy trying to keep, you know, working full time. It was really hard for her. And um, I didn't really get much attention, you know, from from my parents, from, from my mom, my one parent at home. Uh, so I looked for family in friends and, and older, older people mainly, uh, older guys. And, and my brother um, helped a little bit, but he did, uh, he went to boarding school when I was young. And uh, so we, you know, we were family, but we were really separated. We never sat down for meals or anything like that. It was just kind of like look after yourself, I felt. Um, I got into uh, drinking and, and smoking weed when I was 10, um, and cigarettes as well. Uh, I was in grade 5 when, uh, yeah, I started hanging out with the older kids in grade 7 and, uh, you know, just started drinking on the weekends and um, smoking a lot of marijuana. And, you know, I was doing it to fit in, but I think I was also had some pain that I didn't want to feel. Um, I didn't really realize it at the time, but, you know, my mom would always say, like, oh, you probably, you know, you're, you're probably doing all these things. You probably, you know, your father's not here, and that's why. And I just, I didn't even believe that. I, I thought there was no big deal. He was kind of dead to me. Like, he just left, didn't talk to anybody for, for 10 years or so. So 
I didn't think that was a problem, um, but I look back at it and, you know, not feeling the love from parents, I think, did add something to that. So that's why today I'm, I'm uh, it's, you know, it's a very important for me. Uh, I have a stepchild, stepdaughter, and, and it's, it's very important for me that I show her, um, you know, the love that, like, I didn't get when I was growing up. But so anyways, um, I, I did end up going to... Uh, I kind of got kicked out of my house. Sorry, I'll go back to when I was about 13. I went, I had a bad time. Uh, I got kicked out of my house. My mom just didn't know what to do with me. I was selling marijuana. I was smoking it. Um, she didn't know what to do with me. I came home one day. My bags were packed. A note saying she wanted me to go to a group home. Well, I didn't go to a group home. I went and I stayed at friends' houses. But I was kind of like the bad kid. I had the bad kid image, right? So I was even like they didn't want even their parents to see me with them. So I really felt like I was unwanted by everybody. And, um, and, but I don't think anybody really understood me. Like, I felt misunderstood. I still thought I had a good heart, but I just, I had a bad image, you know. And um, I was just seeking for acceptance and someone to love me. And I think, you know, I turned to drugs to get, you know, to get away from those feelings. Sorry. Um. Depression's being a big part of my life. Um, so I ended up going to... My grandfather had some money, so he, he wanted me to go to military school, but I ended up uh, going to a couple different boarding schools, starting in grade 9, um, went to Ontario, and then went back to the island. But, you know, again, I wasn't with my own family or anything. I just I turned to friends and and other people's families, and so I always felt like a bit of an outsider. Um, I was really big into sports. I was always the smallest guy on the field, but, you know, that just made me uh, made me work harder, and um, sports was a big outlet for me. I got into University of Victoria for rugby, um, but when I went back to Victoria, I lived with some friends, and... Uh, and a lot of them weren't going to school. I didn't, really didn't know what I was going to do. I just took a bunch of different classes. Um, I thought, you know, since I was able to get into a university, I might as well take it. But I quickly, you know, after a couple months, I stopped going to rugby practice. And that was kind of my, uh, you know, my way how I got into the school. So they didn't like that. And I was partying a lot. I, I, I chose to drink and, and I was introduced to cocaine. Uh, yeah, just probably the first year out of high school, and I loved it. I loved the feeling I got. I was got confidence, and um, I could go to the bar and uh, you know talk to people and and put on this facade kind of, or just feeling like just all this you know yeah confidence is what it was pretty much. But I did that. I started to do that a lot, and then it became every day and. Uh, I got, uh, I would get, um, it, it's called like psychosis. You go into uh, cocaine psychosis, and I would get that. I'd get paranoid. Uh, fear just filled my life. I was ashamed at what I was doing. I didn't know, I was looking for a purpose in life, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know what career I was going to do. I, I always felt like I had something good inside me, but I didn't know what to do. Um, I met a woman uh, a few years later, and, oh, actually, well, first I got, uh, I did have an accident. I had a, 
I've got an injury on my lower body, which, so my sports, which I used to play soccer on the weekends, so that was like an outlet that I couldn't do anymore. Anyways, I couldn't, I can't run, and I still have problems. So that was kind of, it did, that was an outlet, another outlet that I couldn't do anymore. So that was part of my identity that I, I wasn't able to get, you know, people wouldn't give me, say that I'm good at this anymore because I couldn't do it anymore. So that was, that was kind of tough on me. Uh, and then, uh, so I met a girl and uh, she had a daughter and, you know, that was like some of the best times of my life, but there was... So it was, she was, it was like the family I was always looking for. So I, I did start, okay, I started a trade. Um, so I had a good job. I'm a third-year uh, sheet metal worker. So I was able to get a job, but when I would come to, I would come home, and, it, you know, there was a family for me to come home to, and that's what I always really wanted. Uh, it was a stable, you know, um, there was structure in my life. Um, and I always excelled when there was structure in my life and there was love and there was a community or a family around me. And that's what I'm realizing now that I need. And, um, but me and Nicole, the, the girl that I was with, uh, you know, after about six years, um, it, I realized, like, it just wasn't working. But her daughter was in my life from when she was three to, like, nine years old, so... You know, I was her father. Her real father is not around. And for me, that was really important because, because uh, I just know what I miss. And um, so I felt really convicted for leaving that relationship. Um, I still do, but I just know, God, there was trouble with me and Nicole. It wasn't healthy relationship, so... But that doesn't mean I can't be in Sophie's life still. Um, God has told me that. So I'm still Skype, or talking to her and Skyping with her every weekend and just telling her that I love her because I'm not going to be another guy in her life that's abandoning her. Um, sorry, just I'm just realizing that these things are important, and I think it's God's telling me that. And um, so, sorry. Um, I've been doing cocaine almost the whole time, but the, but I was when I was with her, I really was doing it a lot less, and I was hiding it from her. And uh, so when I left her, things really did go downhill. I started smoking crack. I went to Victoria, and I was um, I uh, began to lose everything I owned because I couldn't stop. It's uh, got a hold of me, and yeah. You know, I I started to believe that I wasn't worth anything again, and uh, I didn't belong anywhere again. I was alone, and uh, it was hard. So um, I started using to get rid of those feelings, and uh, I thought about killing myself again, uh, which has happened a couple times in my life. And uh, I couldn't get the thought out of my head. And, uh, you know, I was, was obsessive thoughts about the world is better without, better off without me. And, uh, but thank God uh, I turned to some, one of my friends and, you know, he told me he found God when he was in prison. And he came out a different man. And uh, he told me that's what I needed. 
At first, I didn't listen to him. I tried to, for, in the last year, I went to three different treatment centers, about three months each. Every time I would leave after I graduate and think I'm all good, and I'd be back and, you know, back to being alone again. And uh, I couldn't stand being alone because I felt the shame. I felt that I wasn't wanted again. I had no community around me, no healthy people. So I started to hang out with other drug addicts and people living on the street. And, you know, I can see good in everybody. I can see good in them. They're addicts. They're addicted to drugs just like I am. I find myself in crack shacks, and they're, like, shooting needles in their arm. And, you know, I, I almost started to do that, but, you know, even they wouldn't let me do it because I never did it before. And they said, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to be where I am. You know, they saw potential in me, and I, potential that I never saw. But anyways, after trying treatment centers and treatment centers and thinking I could do it on my own and, and uh, hearing about Teen Challenge from a couple people, but thinking, I don't want to go to this. It's a year-long program. It's Christian. I'm not a Christian. I, didn't, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't, get grow, I, I didn't believe in God. I have an analytical, scientific mind that believed everything that I learned in school and all that. But you know what? Well, anyways, when things got real bad and I had nowhere else to go, I thought, you know what? I'm going to either die out here, like probably about six people that I know have known in the treatment centers in the last year have either committed suicide or overdosed. There's been at least six that I know of in the last year, and I know people from before that. It's just, if it's the drugs that aren't killing you, you, you know, people just end up killing themselves because they're full of shame and... Uh, you know, I believe now that Satan uh, is working with, with all that. and So I decided to uh, surrender and say, okay, I'll go to Teen Challenge with an open mind and an open heart because there's no, I don't see any other way. I'll see what these people are doing. I'll see what they're talking about, and um, I'll go. So I went, and, um, you know, it was hard. It was hard to surrender. It's, it was hard to believe things that I'd never even considered a possibility before I thought it was just unrealistic um, so I had a lot of questions I had a lot of questions and um, you know uh, these questions are being answered and I'm not gonna lie I had a lot of doubts and a lot of but you know I stuck with it and I felt the love from my brothers here I felt them surround me I felt them you know encourage me and uh, I haven't had that before, so it was really powerful. And, you know, when I first started worshiping um, the songs, those there's something inside me that was telling me that this is right, to believe the words that I was singing. And, uh, you know, I think now that was God telling me that I'm in the right spot. And I think I was somehow, like, funneled towards Teen Challenge because nothing else worked. I think God is uh, finding his lost sheep. I think I was lost. I think I have a purpose in life, which I'm figuring out, realizing now. I'm finding my gifts. I feel God has put me on this planet for a reason, and it's to help people. And uh, 
That's why I was so, I think, restless before. And because I knew what I was doing wasn't meant, I wasn't meant to just go to work and come back and watch a movie or something. Like, I, I'm here for a reason, I think. I think we all are here for a reason. God tells us to help each other and to be servants. And that's what I'm learning. And um, I have a, you know, I'm feeling the call in my life to, to serve others. And that's one of the greatest things. And also other things that I'm learning about myself. I've always felt like maybe I should try singing, but I never did because I was embarrassed, you know. But then I come here and I see the 20 guys, like, you know, singing at the top of their lungs. I'm like, okay, it's okay to do that. So, so something simple like that, you know, it's just... The possibilities are opening up for, to me here. And, um, you know, I would have never thought that. Uh, love you, Julian. Love you. <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I tried to control my life for so long. I always thought I had to make money. I had to, uh, you know, get the flashy car. But, you know, I could never do that because I did drugs. So that's where every penny went. So, um, but I kept on thinking, oh, that's what society wants. That's what we're supposed to do, make money and, you know, try and make as much money as you can, I guess. But, you know, I'm realizing that's not what life's about. And, uh, you know, the compassion, that's what I have in my heart. I've always had a soft heart, I feel. I just didn't know what to do with it. But um, you guys are called Crossroads here, and I think that's where I'm at right now. I'm at Crossroads. I'm just getting to know God, I'm praying, I'm worshiping, I'm fellowshipping. These are the things I need in my life. I need community, I need family. It all comes down to family and, you know, it just doesn't have to be my blood family and I think we're all family now, you know. And that's the biggest change I've noticed and, you know, we're not so different. I don't have to feel like, we don't have to feel alone, you know. We should be there for each other to support each other. So, uh, sure, it took a little while, but I just, you know, God's uh, working on me right now. I just need to share with you guys that thing. So, thank you, and uh, I'll. I want to bring up uh, from the shortest guy to the tallest guy in the program, Curtis. I'll hand off. Um, can everybody hear me without this? No? All right. I, I hate these things. Um, my name's Curtis. I'm from Saskatchewan, southwest, southwest corner. Yeah. <laughs> Go Riders. And, well, not after the other night. Um, I, uh, I just want to start by praying because I don't... I can't really do this on my own. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for bringing us together in this group. Uh, please, please just give me words to touch people's lives here, to, to just make an impact. Um, I just, uh, I, I got no words, and I just pray for you to give me those. Amen. So, uh, I, uh, I don't want to talk too much about where I've been, but I'm going to have to touch on some of that, just so that everybody understands. I want to talk more about what God has done for me. Um, I, uh, I, uh, was, I was adopted at birth. My mom was 13 when she had me. And uh, 
on those papers for the adoption she put down. She wanted me to go to a religious home. She didn't even know what that meant, but that's what she wanted for me. So I, uh, I was adopted by a family south of Swift Current. Um, it's actually one hour away from where I was born, which doesn't really happen in adoption. I, uh, I, uh, the Christian home, went to church every Sunday. By the time I was 10, 11 years old, I was drinking, smoking. By the time I was 13, I was selling drugs. They had kicked me out of the house. If I wanted to live that way, I couldn't live there. Um, by the time I was uh, 17, 18, I had spent most of my free time in jails, youth institutions. By the time I was 18, I finally made it to, uh, to uh, big boy jail. I was pretty proud of that. Um, then until uh, the time I was 20, well, by the time I was 20, I was married. My wife was 18. I was trying to do the right thing by my family. By the time I was 32, I was divorced. I had three beautiful children, thank God. Um, and uh, I was uh, kind of on my way up. I was making about 100 a year. Um, I had the ex-wife, I had the kids, I had the boat, I had the house, but I still felt empty inside. There was just something that I didn't have. Um, I turned back to drugs at that time, um, and I was just a downhill bang. I, uh, I, uh, I lost everything. I, I was just so empty. And uh, at the end of it, I, had, uh, I told my job, I told my folks, I told everybody what was going on, and uh, I prayed one day, I said, God, just get me somewhere. I actually talked to the other Teen Challenge guys, and they, the other, there's two different, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I told, I told, I told God, I said, uh, I don't care where I have to go. I said, get me somewhere. So they drugged me 1,800 kilometers from home, and here I am with these guys here. And uh, finally, like my whole time growing up, I didn't know what family was, and I finally know what family is. These boys here are my family. And um, it's, 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 something, it's, it's something that I hear over and over from most of these guys that we never really had family. And it's just, uh, yeah, God's, God's family. He's our father, and we are all brothers and sisters. And it's just, I've never felt more at home than I feel with these boys here. Um, I spent uh, years after years after years trying to, trying to fit in with criminal organizations and doing bad things to be accepted. These guys, every one of these boys accepted me a week in it. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous what, what God can do with brothers. Um, I, uh, I, I had trouble. I spent, I spent most of those years running from God, trying to rationalize everything that happened, saying there was no God. Um, there's a lady that was speaking at the early part of this service here saying prayer on Tuesday. Every one of you guys should try to make it to that. I've been, I've been praying pretty much nonstop since I got into this program, and it's been just the weirdest little things, and God's been like, here you go then, here you go then. He answers prayer. He, uh, you know, life is just, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know where I'm going to go from here, but uh, God's got big plans for all of us, and uh, he, he does answer prayer. Um, there's, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I really got. Sorry I'm so short and sweet. Um, <laughs> I think it was Colin that was supposed to be up here next, so I'll just pass it off to him. Thanks, guys. Morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Colin. Uh, I've been in the program for just over six months now, um, and it's been an amazing six months, best six months of my life. Um, I'll rewind a little bit. I grew up, or I was born in Langley, BC, um, the youngest of seven children. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, but for some reason, 
the love wasn't really there. It was kind of Sunday Christians. And I was close to my brothers and sisters, but it wasn't, it was kind of fend for yourself. Um, my mom had a hard time. My dad was an alcoholic growing up, and then she became an alcoholic by the time I was 10. So we moved to Vernon when I was nine years old. And um, at that point, I, I had to go to a public school instead of a Christian school. And I was smart enough to know the right decisions, but I was curious enough to make the bad ones. So that's what I did. And I was, once I was 13, I was addicted to drugs. And since then, because of my, the people I knew, because of my Christian home, I had, to, I had to lead a double life. And I was really good at it. Um, I, yeah, with my friends and everything, I would be out doing drugs and, and uh, breaking the law and all this stuff. And then I would come home and my family and my church family had no clue what I was doing. And because of that, and because I had the conviction of the Holy Spirit since I was young, that played a big part on my, on my brain, on my, on my mental side. I had to hide it. I had to push those convictions deep down into the back of my brain and into the pit of my stomach. And I, I, lived, I lived in a constant fear um, to the point where even when I was going out, doing drugs, and having fun, I wasn't even having fun anymore. So I wasn't enjoying that. I wasn't enjoying being around my family, um, being at church, because, because I, knew, I knew the sin that I was hiding and the sin that was in my life. And it just dragged on from there. Um, my emotions, I didn't know what emotions were for, for a long time, to the point where my dad told me, I think the last time that I can remember before I came to Teen Challenge that I shed a tear was when I was about 12 years old and my dad came home and he told me he was going away for, for treatment for six months to a year. And for some reason, that just hit me so hard that I didn't even see him much. I knew he was drunk all the time, but I didn't really clue in that it was a problem, right? He still took me to church on Sunday. It's not a big deal. But, yeah, it was, it was a big issue. And um, I, I remember crying my eyes out the night he left. And then since then, I made a vow to myself. Um, my, both my brothers were already out of the house, so it was just me and my four older sisters and my mom. And I said, well, i got to be strong. I have to be strong, so no more tears, because real men don't cry. So I put my emotions, I put my emotions away to the point where um, a couple months later, my mom said, we're losing our house. I didn't care. My mom, we had to move into a, to a different house. And all these things that were happening in my life, I didn't really care, care about to the point where I was 16 years old, and um, my oldest brother passed away he overdosed from drugs and I didn't shed a tear I just I just went to the funeral and uh, went and got high after I didn't care um, I knew I had to care I knew I should care I asked God that I would care but I wouldn't take the roadblocks that were in front of me uh, I wouldn't deal with those because it's, those are my own problems and if I come out and admit that I have problems then I have to deal with it and I'm too scared to do that so uh, yeah in uh, that double life just, just wore me down completely to the point where I'm just starting to unravel that. I'm just starting to be the person I'm supposed to be. Um, and it was, I thought that it wasn't so bad. My addiction wasn't so bad from, from drug to drug. I started with, with marijuana and went on, to, went on to harder drugs in high school. And um, I thought it was okay because I was still getting top grades. I was still a straight A student. Um, so no one, no one knew any better. And, uh, my friends wondered how I could do it because they all dropped out of high school and I, I graduated with flying colors. But So I figured, you know, I can do this. It's not a problem. It can't be a problem if I'm still doing good in life, right? 
Um, but then I started to notice because growing up with my dad not really being around, um, we, didn't get, we didn't learn values like money management and stuff. So that was the biggest thing. I always worked hard. I worked hard since I was 14 years old, labor jobs. And I would have had a lot of money, but I just blew it. So once I graduated, I kind of realized, uh, you know, what, what, what's missing in my life. And I go, well, you know, every time I, every time I make a paycheck, it's gone. And uh, so there's no, I didn't have any satisfaction of even getting anywhere. And I was just on a downhill, downhill spiral. And um, because I was the youngest of seven kids, we've all learned through a couple courses that we've had that the youngest usually looks for acceptance. And that was exactly what I was doing my whole life. I looked for acceptance in my friends um, to the point where, like I said, I wasn't even enjoying it anymore, but I was still doing it. Um, and it wasn't enough. I would go out and have fun. And it wasn't enough. When's the next time we're going to do that? When's the next time? And um, that conviction, that conviction from God and the Holy Spirit was always there. And like I said, I just put it to the back of my brain and it, it just, it would come out once in a while. And if it did come out, that just means I have to go get more high because I don't want to think about it anymore. Um, and that's, that's where it came to. And after high school, I kind of wanted to do something and I was so broken. So um, I met, I met a girl who had a, who had a daughter about two months old. Um, the dad wasn't in the picture, so I started dating her, and um, for the first time in my life, I was kind of getting, you know, praise, so to speak. You know, you're doing such a right, such a good thing, taking taking this girl on and uh, and raising this, raising her daughter. So then I kind of eased off on the drugs and stuff a bit. That was my acceptance, but I wasn't. I would never ask God if that was the right thing to do. I never, yeah, I never really did it the proper way, asking God for advice and all these things. And, I stopped going to church for a long time. I, I uh, yeah, I just completely abandoned God and thought I could do this by myself. And um, because of that, um, marriage only lasted, I got married to her actually, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I got married and I thought, because this is the right thing to do, I'm just gonna do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solidify my life in this marriage and I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise, this, raise this daughter. So I got married, I had two more, two more children. Um, and, uh, yeah, two more children, and then we were married for about five years or something like that when we just, it wasn't working, so that was a big thing. I knew it wasn't working, but I was kind of the, because I knew what happened in my childhood with my dad not being around too much and whatnot, that um, I didn't want my kids to, you know, have separated parents and whatnot, so, um, but I kept it going for, for longer than it should have, and, yeah, it, it, that just, that hurt me even more, and, um, I kind of started going to church again, and God was really putting on my heart that I have a problem. But every time, like I said, I had that feeling, I would just go out and be more reckless. And um, she, she kind of, uh, she kind of had a bit of a weird phase where she didn't really want to see the kids much. So I was raising the kids full time. I was going to work full time. I was trying to maintain a church life and raise them up in a godly way, and I was trying to maintain a hard drug addiction. And uh, that wore that wore me down like crazy. Um, to the point where, yeah, I was throwing out my responsibilities. I would still go to work, but I wasn't getting any sleep. I would still go and hang out with my kids, but I was, you know, hoping we could watch a movie so I can fall asleep on the couch. It just wasn't, I wasn't living life um, the way God wanted it. God wanted me. So I remember thinking, it kept getting worse and worse, and God would bail me out of situations. I'd, you know, spend all my money or something like that, and you know, I'd ask someone for help, and there it comes. Okay, now I can pay my rent again. Okay, fine. God, you bailed me out this time. Thank you, thank you, but I'm going to go get high now. And uh, that's what it was like for a long time. But every time, 
I got out of it, I kept getting worse to the point where one weekend I, I kind of had this feeling that it was going to be all over. I kind of had the feeling where I would hit rock bottom, and I kept praying to God. I would hit rock bottom, hit rock bottom. So I was, uh, I was partying one weekend. I was supposed to pick up my kids. I didn't pick up. I was a no-show for two days. I spent all my money, all my rent money, all my bill money. I had nothing. So I just, it was about four in the morning, and I was across town. And I remember just praying to God. I was like, God, please, please, uh, please give me a way out. So I remember I, uh, I called my buddy who's from my church. He said, you can call me anytime. I've called him before. And I told God, I was like, God, if this is my actual rock bottom, please, please let him pick up. Like, it's four in the morning. It was a Saturday or Sunday morning, so he's going to church the next day. It's like, please let him pick up. And uh, I, I dialed the number, and he answered on the first ring. And from there, I just said, I need a Savior. I need my Savior. I need it bad. So they, my family, that was a week before I came to Teen Challenge. My family arranged it, and uh, I was willing to go. And, uh, yeah, since then, I... Yeah, I've had a lot of wake-up calls. Let's just say that um, with my with my behavior, with my character, with everything, and it's a constant battle. But the one good thing I had, because I was so at my wits' end, that I was willing to surrender. I was willing to surrender, and um, that's what I've been doing. I've just, you know, some guys come into the program thinking that they can, they just want to get clean and find Jesus, but that's not that's not all of it. You have to surrender your whole life, every aspect. You gotta, you gotta learn to be told that you're doing this wrong, and you know, and actually think about it and pray about it and go, wow, I am doing that wrong, and all these different things. But the one thing I remember, uh, I kind of, I kind of thought, well, I've lived a double life my whole, I can fake it till you make it, right? So I remember, I think it was my first day, and I remember a certain student, I won't tell you his name, Jordan Doscotch, he was standing there, he was standing there in the kitchen. And I was sitting there with my arms folded, going, okay, you know, just kind of eyeing the place up like I did every place I went, right? How can I manipulate this place? And um, I remember he was, you know, acting all, acting all weird and really being himself um, in, the, in the lunch line there at dinner. And then somebody turned, somebody turned to me, and I was kind of just giving him a weird look. And someone turned to me and said, you know, you can really be yourself around here. He's like, and the second you realize that you can be yourself around here is when you're going to start growing. So that really hit me hard, and I went, okay. And I hope I don't turn out like that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, since then, it's been an amazing journey. Um, like I said, I've been a Christian my whole life, but there was roadblocks, and I always thought that, you know, we can have sin as long as we repent, and, but no, like, you gotta, you got to put every last bit of effort into breaking those roadblocks down and breaking those barriers down to God because I've learned that every single sin, the definition of sin is, is, is turning away from God and being apart from God. So everything you do, if it's a conscious decision to sin, you're, you're separating yourself from God, even for that brief moment. So it's about worshiping Him and glorifying Him through everything you do. And that's what I've really learned. And although I'm far from perfect, things are, things are getting a lot better. And I get convicted twice as quick. And I, I ask for forgiveness twice as quick. And, um, yeah, the biggest, the biggest help is probably, like the guys have mentioned, is the brotherhood. Um, that's the biggest thing that's probably helped me. I've seen the biggest growth, not only in myself, but in the, the guys that come into the program, not when they're getting taught by the teachers or anything. It's our conversations we're having together in, in, our, in our personal time. Um, I've never seen grown men, grown men shed so many tears in my life, and it's, 
it's pretty cool. And they're genuine tears. And since then, I've learned to get in touch with my emotions. I've gotten in touch with my feelings. Um, it's still there. I still try to block them out. But God's slowly picking away. And the biggest thing I had, because I mentioned I had three children now, was how are, how are they going to get taken care of? Like, there's no way. I, I raised them full time. I, I had a job that for a, for a man that was his only employee. For He went to my church. And I was like, I can't just leave him hanging, blah, blah, blah. But God has shown me that. This was the right choice to, to surrender and he'll take care of it. I was like, my kids, my kids see me every day. They cuddle me every day. I read them a bedtime story every single night. How are they going to go without it? And then I, I was so worried and I didn't really trust God that he would take care of it. Or I didn't grasp that thought. And then about two months in, you know, he gave me, he gave me signs. I made a couple phone calls and they're just, they're doing awesome, you know. And it's, it's not to the point where they forget, they forget daddy. It's like every time I talk to them. They still, it's like we never skipped a beat. Um, I just went last weekend on a, on a two-night pass to see them, and it was amazing. And God is showing me that they are doing way, way better than if I, if I was raising them for the last six months. Um, he's showing me that, you know, one year for the rest of your life is nothing. Time is basically standing still with them. It doesn't seem like they're getting older. Like it's, you know, they just want Daddy to get better, and that's so awesome. And then one thing that's really, that's really hit me lately is... Uh, Seeing them, and I've always had a special connection with my son. I've got two daughters and a son. My son's six years old, and he's a splitting image of me. He loves sports, just like I did, and I teach him, and it's awesome. And um, the compassion, that was the only feelings I ever felt when I was coming down and I had to pick them up or something from, from, being, uh, from doing the wrong things on a weekend or something, um, was the compassion, just looking at my son and my daughters too, but especially because he, he's, my, he's my cuddle monkey. He wants to sit on daddy's lap all the time. And seeing his eyes and going like, what, like, what am I doing? Like the compassion. That's the only time I would ever feel feelings. And now I realized, I always ask myself, God, why have you given me children if I just keep screwing up their lives? But now I'm realizing that he's giving me, he's giving me children. He's giving me those feelings because I can't even describe the love I have for my children. And he says that his love is infinitely more for me than I have for my kids. So now that just gives me all the reason to change and all the reason to serve him. And he's going to restore relationships. He's a God of restoring relationships. He's a God, he's a God of restoring friendships. He's a God of restoring lives. And I burnt a lot of bridges, a lot of bridges with my family, with my friends, people in the church. Um, before I came here, and they're all getting built up twice as strong as they were. So I just, I just thank God for everything He's doing in my life. I thank God for all these guys here. I try to, I try to do my best in, uh, in mentoring the newer guys, even though I'm far from perfect. Um, but I'm just, I'm just trying my best, and I'm just giving. Wake up every morning, giving it to God, giving your day to God, asking Him what, it, what am I supposed to learn today, and how am I going to glorify You in learning that, and. I realize if I do that and I start my day off like that, it, I don't have any bad days. It's just, it's just difficult days that you can get through through God's strength. And uh, as I always tell my buddy Sam, God gives his uh, hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. So I want you guys to remember that, right? He's brought you through that life because he wants you to be the strong soldiers for him. And he's got amazing plans for you, amazing plans for you that we're going we're gonna to further his kingdom through the work that we're doing. So just remember that. Thank you. And just like to invite up Jordan. I think he's got a couple things to say. Well, you already know I'm crazy, so that's good. 
right? You know, people think I need their help to screw up. It's like, no, I could screw up on my own. <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry, I just uh, breathe for a second. You know, usually, like, if, the, if my heart's beating, that means I'm trying to do it myself. And when it's calm, it's because God wants to do something. It amazes me that he chooses to use me. I mean, like, he's got all these people, other people he can use. Um, but he keeps putting me in these places where I can uh, lead. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. Um, but like, this is powerful for me because every time I hear testimonies, even though I've heard them, you know, a number of different times, um, it's like an affirmation that, like, yeah, like, this is where I need to be. Um, and even if I, you know, feel like I'm not doing a great job being a pillar for somebody else, you know, um, I've got other people who are pillars for me, so we can keep going. Um, just want to first pretty much say, like, um, God is great. Um, one of the first questions I asked uh, my mentor was, like, do you think, you know, God has a sense of humor? And he just laughed and said, well, look at you. Like, obviously, <laughs> you know. And then I was kind of at peace. Um, and then, you know, months later, um, like, like, well, in my addiction, I basically I um, started to see him lead um, and disciple other people. Um, and he would include me in the things that he was doing. Um, and I started to see the need to change, which is um, one of the big things that we learn at Teen Challenge is that if you don't see the need to change, you won't. Um, but when you see the, the deficit in the need, then you need, you know, God and other people in your life to be able to make that possible. Um, I graduated Teen Challenge um, last July. Sorry, I had to do, it was supposed to be May, but uh, I, yeah, I ended up doing an extra two months because uh, I made some mistakes. But um, what I've learned, though, is uh, you're allowed to make mistakes and that you don't have to be perfect. You know, God has been pulling pulling up the slack. So it's, uh, it's been really good for me. Um, one of my favorite things about him is, you know, like his answer to everything when we try to convince him that he um, should be worried with like our problem um, is just, I am. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter what we say, he's just like, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's cool because now every time I tell someone who I am, I, I like without even realizing it, I'm addressing him. I say, you know, like, I am like Jordan, or, yeah, well, like, I'm always going to be Jordan, but when other people do it, you know, it's I am, so and so, and it's like, we do, we do it all the time, we don't realize that, like, he's designed everything perfectly, um, and that, you know, we address him automatically, um, and I think that he did that on purpose to remind us, you know, of what he said in, in Mark, saying that he wants to be the center of our lives, you know, that we love him, um, utmost first before anything else, right? And then the second he says, like this, that you love your your neighbors, right? And he ties them together and pulls a little you know, trick on you. And it's like, this can only work when you're with other people. And I think we've heard a lot of testimonies where that has been, been true. So I would encourage everyone to have fellowship in their lives because it's amazing. God is amazing. Um, and he does. He restores, he restores people. Um, sometimes I write down things. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, that's important. Okay. So, 
Yeah, I was going to make this comment. I wasn't going to make this comment, but when I heard a couple of guys speak, I just wanted to say um, it's kind of neat how, uh, like, your whole life you're, you're serving, you know, earthly masters and uh, you're trading, you know, time for money, whatever it is, whether it's addiction or drugs or not an addiction, whatever it is. But uh, when you learn that it's not that way when you serve a, a heavenly master, but rather he works through his servants, then there's room to relax. And it's like, awesome when he takes over um, and does the work you know like we don't have to do anything which is great because most of the things like I regret most of my good ideas and like almost all of them so um, I just want to wrap this up um, I'm going to invite Randy up uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about some of the things in our program um, but uh I wanted to just mention, I know a lot of you are familiar with our program. Um, we rely a lot on, on your support, but mostly it's the prayer um, that Lady mentioned earlier. Prayer is important, um, but we also um, benefit financially with month-to-month um, -month sponsorships. We forgot the pamphlets, but there's ways that you can do that online and I'm pretty sure it's $39 a month I'm not I just got told that this morning um, but uh, that's not our only avenue so Randy's gonna come up and share with you a little bit um, more about what we do um, and close good morning my name's Randy my story is no different from any of these guys, just a, a broken, broken life uh, redeemed by God's grace and mercy. And uh, I'm a graduate of Teen Challenge. I'm back doing a refresher. Um, they offer a refresher for guys who kind of slip, ba slip back, and I'm one of those guys. And I'm uh, going to be continuing on with the surge program, which is a training program to kind of train up the next generation of uh, staff members of Teen Challenge. And... Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's many ways you can help Teen Challenge. One of them is uh, we, we sell firewood. Um, we deliver it as well. Um, I know it's a little far, but uh, we, like I said, we do deliver it if it's, uh, if it's enough. And we, uh, we have a VDP program, which is a vehicle donation program, and we, uh, we accept donations. Um, we'll come pick up the car, and uh, running or not, dead or alive, we call it. Um, so if, it, if it's dead, we'll, we'll recycle it. Um, and if it's in good condition, we will uh, we'll sell it and get a tax receipt and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, like Jordan said, prayer is, is another great way, um, um, sponsorship. And, uh, yeah, like, I just want to thank you guys for having us here. Uh, if it wasn't for small churches like this, um, we wouldn't be able to, uh, to run. And uh, we just want to thank you guys so much. And uh, we are actually another... Uh, avenue we are, we are going is a thrift store we have we're in the process of gathering up um all these goods and stuff and um if you guys want to make a donation that way you can as well too just come talk to one of us after and uh yeah if you go to bcteenchallenge.com um you can you can look up this information and uh there's a few different uh i'm not sure exactly how we're taking donations for the thrift store we're going to be opening, but uh, the guy who's running it, his name is Josiah, and uh, you should be able to contact him online or uh, talk to one of us. We could get you his number. Um, we're just looking forward to 
to seeing what God does in that in that route. And uh, yeah, we just thank you guys. And uh, was the worship team coming up to do another song still? I remember someone coming up? Uh, oh. Anyway, thank you guys for having us. God bless. Yeah, that's a good plan. That's a great idea. We'd like to pray for you guys again. And as a church, we would like to give you guys a check for to support the program. So if we could get everyone to stand, I'm going to, who should I give this to? Jordan? <laughs> there you go. So that's from our family to yours. And we know God's doing amazing things in everyone's lives and I know that sometimes I think, I've thought I didn't have a dramatic story in my life like some of these guys. But whether you have a dramatic story of God's redeemed you from the darkest place or whether he's been walking with you all along, whatever's happened in your life, your story is no more or no less, no matter what has happened. Because every single person has walked through pain and has walked through struggles. And I know all of us have faced different things in our lives and thank you guys for being so open i think that's an amazing example and a testimony because it can be so easy i know i've hid my emotions as colin colin yes colin shared and you know all of us have are hiding from things and we have things in our lives that we choose not to reveal but to know god is to be known and to be part of the body of christ is to be part of a family and is to be known by other people. And if you allow other people to know you, then other people can actually help you and speak into your life. And exactly like you guys said, when we choose not to change, we're not going to change. When we recognize the need to change, then change becomes possible. So thank you guys so much for sharing. We're going to pray with you guys. Lord, Thank you for these guys from Teen Challenge. Thank you for everyone that's here this morning. We know that you are a God who redeems. You are a God who brings change. You are writing a story on every single person's heart who's here this morning, even those who are not here. Lord, those who are far from you, those who are close to you, you are calling, Lord. One of the guys said he felt like he had been directed to Teen Challenge. Lord, we know that you do stuff like that. The call that you put on people's lives is not an accident. No one here is a mistake. You have a call. You have meaning. You have purpose for every single person, Lord. Every person here was born for a reason. Lord, speak into our hearts this morning. Thank you for these guys on Teen Challenge, their willingness and their openness to share. It's hard to be that vulnerable in front of total strangers, Lord. And thank you for their honesty and their openness. I just pray you would knit us together as we share lunch, that we would feel like family, that the stories that you are writing would be intertwined with each other, Lord. And just because they have to go home back to the Okanagan today doesn't mean that we cannot be part of the story that you are writing, Lord. I pray your blessing upon everyone here this morning. Thank you for lunch that we're going to share. Thank you that we get to eat and have fun talk and hang out and just be family lord 
We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys.